Amen, family. Such a blessing to worship God. Just no strings attached. That's, that's like the love that God has for us. That's the unconditional love. It's just no strings attached. And it's just great to worship God just for who God is. No strings attached. God, I'm not asking for anything. I don't, don't need anything. I might, I might need something, but I'm not going to ask. I just want to worship you just for who you are. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the first, the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God that is always there. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord God of peace. The peace that's in our heart, then we take it to our home, then we take it to the world, but it starts in our heart. And it's because of God, just because of who God is, because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. So beautiful to worship God just for who God is. I love God for that. And, and just make it a note, it should be at, at some point in the, in the week during your prayer time that you just go to God just because who God is. And then there's other times, absolutely, we're petitioning God, we're praying on behalf of our friends, our family, our church, our job, our business, and our ministry. But then there's times I'm worshiping God, Lord, just for who you are. Um, we talk about on Wednesday nights, take that walk, especially those of us in Southern California, it's been beautiful. Go to the beach and just worship God just for who God is. Walk on the beach and talk to God just for who God is, not even ask for any, asking for anything. Go in your, go take a walk around the block in your neighborhood. Just ask God, you know, and just worship God. Don't ask for anything, just uh, walk and just worship God for who he is. See God in all the creation, the birds, the trees, the sky, man, it's, it's beautiful. That's how God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. And that's how God desires to walk with us, family. We get so busy that we miss the itty bitty little things that make such a huge difference with our relationship with God. Worship God just for who God is. Amen. Few announcements, then we're going to jump right into the word. So thankful for, for your giving. Uh, you all have just been uh, a blessing. And we just teach the word. God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, we return the tithe. We give an offering. Uh, God said in, in Malachi that if when you give, just God said, put me to the test that I will open up the windows of heaven that you won't even have room enough to receive. I mean, that's the type of blessing that God provides for those of us that are giving. He said he rebukes the devourer for our sake. He rebukes the devourer for our sake. So there are certain things that don't even happen because God has rebuked it. So not only does God bless with money coming in, but he blesses by money doesn't have to go out because he rebukes the devourer. So we just teach the word. And those of you can testify that if you, you can't beat God giving, that God always provides. God is true to his word. And so thank you for your giving. If you're on your laptop, just go to SouthBayALC.com. Press the giving icon, give accordingly. Same thing with your phone. Uh, go to SouthBayALC.com, press the three bars, and then uh, press giving, and then give accordingly. If you're writing a check, make it payable to SBALC, then mail it to 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. Let me say that again, 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B-279, Long Beach, California, 90807. Thank you so much for your giving. And then I want to invite you all to Bible study. We've just been having the best time going through the book of 1 Kings. This Wednesday, we are in 1 Kings chapter 16. 1 Kings chapter 16. It's, it's, it's parallel. It's relevant to where we are today. 
God has given us so many biblical principles on how to live, how to think, how to pray, um, how to be obedient, um, how to follow the word of God. Family, please make a note. I've, I've said it last week, at least two Wednesdays out of the month, join the Bible study at least two Wednesdays out of the month. It, and let's not, some of us are there every Wednesday. Um, we set that time aside, but sometimes it's not possible. And I get that, but at least two Wednesdays out of the month. I mean, the study of the word, uh, the insights from the believers uh, and from the word of God and from the Holy Spirit, it's just amazing. And it's practical living. And by Wednesday, Trust me, you need to put your life back in biblical perspective. So much happens, for, so much is going to happen from tonight to tomorrow morning. And by Wednesday, boy, it, it, you can lose, lose track of, of everything. But when you come to Bible study and hear that word of God and it puts life back in biblical perspective, it gives you the, full, the fuel, the energy, uh, the spirit, the heart set, the mindset to keep pushing for God, to keep striving for God, to keep grinding for God, as they say. So um, I want to encourage you at least two Sundays, out, at least two Wednesdays out of the month, please attend Bible study. Uh, and then if you have a prayer need or a prayer request or a praise report, life at southbayalc.com, life at southbayalc.com. Please send us an email and allow us the privilege to pray for you. I do want you to be fully engaged this morning, have your Bible, uh, have your notes. Um, those of you that are praying and fasting, be praying and fasting for revival, for rededication, for healing, for, for our country, for our land, for our hearts, for our homes, just everything. Take it to God um, and, and be praying and fasting that God continues to move in a powerful way, which he's doing uh, as we are speaking this morning. Um, and then let me see, I want to say um, thank you so much uh, for those of you for the, for the birthday greetings, the birthday love. You, you all are just much too kind. The cards, the gifts, the just everything. And it's, I, I, you know, I feel the love 24-7, 365. So I just want to say thank you because, you know, I celebrate Christ every day. The newness in Christ, the new, new mercies that greeted me this morning. I'm always in the celebratory mode and mood because I'm not going to wait for one day. I'm celebrating every day because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that gave me a new heart, a new spirit and a new mind, making me a new creation in Christ. And as I said, those new mercies that greeted me this morning. So just thank you so much. I love you all. My Facebook family, my Zoom family, South Bay Abundant Life Church family. Thank you so much. Um, definitely appreciative to everything that God is doing in our life. All we have is this moment. All we, en enjoy the moment. Enjoy the journey is what God is saying. Stay close to God. Trust God and enjoy the journey. This is all we have is this moment. I don't know what's going to happen later this evening, but this moment I will decree and declare that God is good and his mercy endures forever. And I love you, Lord. And I will decree and declare that this moment and every moment that you give me breath to breathe, let everything to have breath, praise and celebrate the Lord. So let's get into the word. I am so excited about the word this morning. Although God's calling us to be mature in Christ, let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we bless you. We need you, Lord. Speak to us now through your word. Give us instruction, Lord. We don't know how to live, how to forgive, how to how to love God. We don't even know how to think, how to act. But your word covers it all. 
Speak to us through your word, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we're begging, we're asking, Holy Spirit, speak to your people, to our hearts this morning, God. We need direction, God. We need revelation, transformation, and application from the power of God, from the power of God's word, from the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we need everything. We need you to provide everything for us this morning. Apart from you, we can do nothing but with you, all things are possible and we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It illuminates the way, God. Illuminate this morning. God, as we try our best to navigate through a dark, fallen, dead, dying, broken, ever changing daily world, Lord, we need your word to help us navigate. Speak loud and clear, Holy Spirit. We open our hearts and minds to receive from you this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. And we've already put the scriptures up. If you've seen the scriptures, I'm all over the place this morning. Uh, my South Bay Abundant Life Church family, they know that. Um, I'm always all over the place. But uh, what God is, I, I started in Jonah and even reading Jonah, we, we're going to go through Jonah, I promise you. Uh, we're going to take our time with this. And just as the Holy Spirit leads us, uh, we're going to um, just, just go through the scriptures and the, and the message that God is providing for us each and every Sunday. Uh, but just as I was reading Jonah, Jonah, it's an incredible book. So excited. Can't wait to get through it. It's so many nuggets of the character of God, the heart of God, the nature of God in comparison to us as servants of God. So that's why we need to line up with God's word and not go in a different direction uh, than God tells us, as Jonah did. I'll read verses uh, one through three, Jonah one. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But <laughs> Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And we've been going over those uh, passages of scripture. We've been uh, breaking them down. And so as we're, as, as we're studying this morning, here's, here's what God is speaking to my heart and sharing with you all this morning. God is telling us to get quiet so we can hear the voice of the Lord. God says, get quiet. Family, I, I can't tell you how imperative, imperative it is in 2021 for us to get quiet, for us to have that quiet time so we can hear the voice of the Lord. So much noise going on, so much conspiracies, conspiracy theories, all this noise is coming from the world. Family, pause within the pause, get quiet each day, Get into the presence of God. Put on your favorite worship song. This is what God is speaking to us. We need God and we need the guidance of God more than ever today than we did yesterday and more than in 20, 2021 than we did in 2020, if you can believe that. But those of you who are mature in Christ, you know we need God more today and this year and forevermore than we did last year. So you, you and I, we have to get quiet. So much deception out there. 
So many tricks and schemes of the enemy out there to distract you from the presence of God. So family, God is saying, get into the presence of God, not only so we can as hear him speak as he did with Jonah, but we can follow where God is leading us um, as he is speaking to us. So important to get into the presence of God so we can hear his voice and not get caught up in the, the counterfeit that the enemy is trying to pass to us. So here's Jonah. He he flees from the presence of God um, where God was sending him to Nineveh, where he eventually goes. Right. So he eventually winds up where God's sending him. But he had to go to a dark, uh, cold and and uh, distant place before he got there. God, forgive us from running from you. And for those of us that are in that dark and cold and distance place, distant place, Lord, we repent and ask you to give us one more chance to line up with your word because we don't want to stay there. God is sending us out because we are to go and infect. We are God's pandemic. We're to, we're to go and infect a lost and dying and decaying world. God's sending us out to infect the world with love and kindness and mercy and grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. God says, I need you to go. We can't be like Jonah and go in the opposite direction. If ever there's a time for the body of Christ, for the church of Jesus Christ, for those that are spirit filled, born again, regenerated from above. If ever there's a time for us to stand up, get up, go and arise and take the message of the of the gospel of a resurrected savior to the world. It is today. It is right now. And so God tell us to get up and go and see, then we can't take it personal. Let's go to first Samuel um, chapter eight. Let's go to first Samuel chapter eight. See, we don't want to go because we're going to feel rejected and, and people are going to talk about us and people are going to be offended in us. And God said, no, I need you to be a lot more mature than that. God is calling us to be a lot more mature than to wear our feelings on our sleeves because we represent the king of king, king of kings and a Lord of lords. So look at that's a first Samuel chapter eight. And verse six. So so in the in the passage, Samuel goes to the people of God. The people of God saying, we don't want God. We want a king. Samuel's displeased because Samuel's taking it personal. Make a note, family. Don't take you can't take the rejection personal because it's not the problem isn't with with you. The problem is the people have have a problem with God. As I was asking myself about Jonah, was was Jonah's problem with God or was it with the people? And then God had me to pause. He said, what about the people I've told you to go minister to? Is the problem with the people or is it with God? So that's what it's. And it's and I tell you, it's not with people. See, when we line up with God, then people aren't the problem because we're walking in the will of God. But when I got a problem with God, I don't want to do what God says. And I'm definitely not going to go talk to people that don't look like me, talk like me, smell like me, act like me, come from where I come from that I'm not comfortable with. I'm definitely not going to share anything with them because I really don't even like them. And that's very that's a very immature place to be in. Jonah was in a very immature place and God's calling us to a place of maturity. It's not personal. Look at verse six. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. When the people say, look, I don't want God. Right. I'm into my I'm into myself. 
Me and God, we have our own relationship, which means, you know what? I'm doing whatever I want. That's what that really means. They don't want a true and living God. They, me and God, we got it. We do our own thing at home. You know what that means? That they're doing nothing and they're into some type of false religion, false idols. That's what that means, right? Uh, I, I, they, they don't want a God. They, they want a president. They want a boss. They want the president. They want a boss. They want some stuff. They want a mayor. They want a governor. They want a relationship, but they don't want God. And so Samuel's taking it personal because the people don't want the true and living God. They, they wanted the creation and not the creator. Isn't that something? We'll settle for a creation as opposed to going directly to the creator for everything we need. And that's what the people wanted here. And Samuel was disappointed and he took it personal. God speaks in verse seven. And the Lord said unto Samuel, listen, listen to the voice of the people. In all that they say unto you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. <laughs> so just just listen to them because they're not going to change. Samuel, don't take it personal. Uh, South Bay Abundant Life Church family and friends, don't take it personal. They're not rejecting you. We're the messenger. We plant, we water. God gives the increase. Right. Don't try and save folks. Don't argue. Don't get into pray for them. Share the gospel with them. And when they tell you to get out of their face, that's your thing. I'm not into that. Then that's just let it go and don't take it personal. Their problem's not with you. They might think it is, but it's not. Their problem is actually with God. <laughs> just like it is. They don't want God to reign over their heart, reign over their life. Reign over everything that they have. They don't want God to reign. They want to be in control. And then when they get in trouble, yes, they will call you and ask you to pray for them. And you're supposed to pray for them. And you're supposed to do good. And you're supposed to bless and you're supposed to love. That's Matthew 5, 43 through 45, where Jesus says that we're to love our enemies. Bless those that curse us. Do good to them that hate us and pray for them that despitefully use and persecute you. So when they call you and say, hey, I'm having a tough time and ask you to pray for them. And then you're to be mature. Underline the word mature. God is calling us to Christian maturity. And you're supposed to be mature in Christ and pray for them and bless them. And do good and love them unconditionally because God has put no strings attached on us. Christian maturity family, we got to grow up. We can't take it personal. This is just how it is. And God's called us out of our comfort zone to work for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We work for Jesus Christ. It's disguised at our job and other things in our ministry and our business. But ultimately and individually, you and I, we work for Jesus Christ. And that's why we don't take it personal. And God's calling us to be mature in that people don't want God to reign over their heart and their life. And they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. Look what God says in verse eight, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me. Look what they're doing. They're forsaking God and served other gods. And so do they also unto you. They could they could care less about us. It's about what they want to do. They want to be into their false gods. They want to be into the counterfeit. And we're trying to give them a, a relationship or introduce them to the king of kings who desires to have a relationship with them. But that's OK. Don't take it personal. We have to keep 
sharing the good news of the gospel, letting people know that Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven above and in earth and on earth and that he is the judge. He's the king. <laughs> we have to get that message out and hopefully they'll they'll get released from the, the false idols and the, the counterfeit gods that they serve. And that's our job. God's called us to go out just like he told Jonah to go out. And we can't go in the opposite direction. Family, this is the time, such a time as this, just like in the book of Esther. This, we, we've been born for such a time as this to get the message out. In the midst of all this chaos, confusion, and uncertainty, we've been born. Think about it, body of Christ. This is such an opportune time. We've been born for a time where we go out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone who will listen. This is our time. For God to use us in a mighty way, for us to serve, for us to be humble, for us to love and be kind and be gracious and let our light shine and be the salt of the earth. This is the time that God's called us. But we got to be mature. We have to be very mature. Look, 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 let's go. Uh, the word can say it a lot better than I can. Let's go to first Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. Family, we have to be more mature than ever. <laughs> we have to be more mature than ever. Don't let people be your problem. Stop taking it personal. So many of you out there are taking it personal. But you got to stay connected to God. If you're not connected to God, you will take it personal. That's a first Corinthians, first Corinthians, chapter 13 and verse 11. Look at look at what Paul is saying. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Underline spoke. <laughs> I understood as a child. Underline understood. I thought as a child. Oh, come on, family. God is calling us to such a higher level of maturity. He says, but when I became a man in that word, means mature. When I became mature, <coughs> it's not talking about a man. It's, it's talking about a person. When I became mature, when I became a mature person, I put away childish things. And family, here, here's, here's, here's the revelation. If, if you and I have an ounce of discernment, and, and if you and I have in, in these days, if you haven't seen the writing on the wall, maybe I'll preach from that in Daniel, the writing on the wall really soon. But if you haven't seen the writing on the wall, if you have an ounce of discernment, you know that right now is the time to put away childish things. We can no longer be little children in Christ, not in 2021, not ever again. And you say, Pastor, that's heavy because I want to have fun. I do have fun. Enjoy everything that God's given you. But understand this thing, three things that he said. And, and listen to this. And, and, and so we always look for the practical application in Scripture. Pastor, how do I apply this to my life? When I leave Sunday morning service, how can I apply the word to my life? Here's what Paul said. He said, when I when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. <laughs> but when I became mature, I put those things away. So family, here it is. The three practical applications. Speak like a mature person. Your speech, the things that you say. 
Be careful of what you say. Make sure they're mature in Christ. Make sure they're edifying and not tearing down. And then understood, discern, discern like a mature Christian. Stop ignoring stuff. Discern like a mature Christian. Stop sweeping stuff under the rug. Stop ignoring stuff. Stop thinking that it's going to go away. Discern like a mature Christian. Understand like a mature Christian. And then think. Don't let your thoughts just go way off the rails because what you think about is eventually going to come out of your mouth. So you got to control your thoughts. You have to have mature Christian thoughts. Get into the word. Philippians 4, 8 tells us what to think on things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, meditate on these things. So here's the practical application. We got to be mature in our speech. We have to be mature in our discernment. We have to be mature in our thought life. And then we can put away childish things. We don't have time to waste in 2021 on childish things. I'm talking to my Christians right now. I'm talking to my mature believers. We, we, they talking about level up. Being obedient to Christ is the, is the highest level you can ever go. And being mature in Christ is the highest level you can ever go. God said, get up, grow up, and go. And mature, level up, obedience in Christ. Can't get higher than that. And put away childish things. He's calling us to be mature. Otherwise, we will never minister to anyone because we'll take it personal. We don't like the way they look, the way they sound, the way they like. And you got to understand, remember, it's not a, a skin problem. This, this world is upside down, influenced by Satan, trying to measure everything by the color of skin. That is so superficial in the kingdom of God. But that's what the world does. And as Christians, I'm talking to the body of Christ, we cannot get caught up in that foolishness. That's why you got to get quiet and spend time with God, put away this childish foolishness and start working for God. <laughs> start letting your light shine, start being salt of the earth. Infect the world with love and kindness and grace and mercy and the good news of the gospel of a resurrected savior. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. They're going to find any little thing to discriminate against someone against because that's what the world do. That's what the world does because Satan is all about division. God is all about unity. And in the body of Christ, we got to be mature and we got to be unified. Otherwise, we're majoring in the minors with the world and we're getting caught up in stupid stuff. It's no way you can be a racist or any other kind of ist and you're a mature, born again, believing Christian. You know that's out the window. God's told us to go to everyone. I can't believe that folks would think they have a, have a relationship with a true and living God and want to put some type of condition and, and, and a color or a language or anything that would make them think that they're superior to another creation of God. And to think that they have a relationship with the true and living God, that's a, that's a fallacy. That's a lie. That's a deception of Satan. And would the body of Christ stand up and say, we all were created by God. And when, you, when you're born again, regenerated from above, John 3 and 3 through Jesus Christ, then you become a child of God. Exclusive club open to everyone. God doesn't discriminate. We do. God doesn't. And God's calling us to be mature. Remember, I'm not a 
a, a politician. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm trying to be biblically correct. You'll get all that foolishness during the week. You'll get the hypocritical double standards. You'll get all that during the week. I'm giving you the word on Sunday. I'm not going to give you the hypocritical double standards. I'm going to give you the word. Matter of fact, let's keep going. Let's go to. Um, no, let's stay here. Let's look at verse 12, because this is even more powerful. OK, verse 11, he's talking about speaking, understanding and thinking as a child. Verse 12, he says, now we see through a glass dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying for right now, we're looking through a mirror, a dim lit mirror. We're looking in a dark mirror and we can't see everything, right? We're not supposed to see everything. You don't want to see everything because if you saw everything that was going to happen this year, by the by the time we reached a point a year from now, if you saw everything, you wouldn't walk by faith. You'll be paralyzed by fear. You wouldn't want to leave the house. You wouldn't want to do anything. You would say, what's the use? So right now, as we see life, we see it through a mirror dimly and, and you can't see it all. You're not supposed to see it all. That's why we trust God. And you all know you can't get you can't get uh, correctly dressed in a in a in a mirror with a dim light going to leave. It's just not the same as a bright light getting dressed. But we're not supposed to see it. But he says, when you do see God face to face, then you will see it. Then you will know when we stand before Christ, make a note. When we stand before Christ, we will see clearly our eyes will be wide open. Jesus Christ is the, is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the first, the last, the judge. He is everything that the Bible said he is. Now, I haven't met anyone that's smarter than the Bible. Some think they are. But no one's smarter than the Bible. No one's outlived the Bible. Many of those who thought they were smarter than God and smarter than the Bible are dead in their grave. And the Bible's still here and folks are getting saved like never before because the power of the word of God will never fade. And the Holy Spirit of God will never fade. Jesus says, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. They will not succeed no one's smarter than the Bible. No one outlives the Bible. No one outlives the word of God because it never fades away. So many people are dead and in their grave, doubted the Bible, but now they see face to face. They're face to face with the Savior. Now they know, but not only that, but it says, not only will you know that Jesus is the, is the true and living God, but you will be known also. See, now you can't hide. I can't manipulate. I can't buy my way out of this. I can't bribe my way out of this. I can't make excuses. So trust me, God knows the heart. And when we stand before God, not only will we know, oh, my Lord and my God, as Thomas said, we will be known. So if Pastor Carter is up here or Pastor Jerome is up here and I'm faking and shaking and pretending to have a relationship with God and just like being seen and just want to make noise. When I stand before God, not only will I know that Jesus Christ is Lord, but I'll be known what was real and what was make believe. And family, this is mature Christian living. That's why Paul said, put away childish things, because when we stand before God, not only will we know <laughs> that Jesus Christ is real, but we'll be known. And God will go right to the heart and there's no excuses. I love God for his word. It's what allows us to come into repentance daily. In the book of Proverbs, 
Uh, Solomon says in Proverbs 28, 13, he that covereth sins shall not prosper, but those that confess and forsake shall find mercy. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. Where I can say, God, even God, you know, I'm struggling, but but forgive me of my sins. And it's not I'm playing with God. It's the reality that no one's perfect. That's why we need Jesus Christ. So in the midst of my struggles, I'm confessing my sins. In the midst of my success, I'm confessing my sins. It's called gratitude. It's called thankfulness. It's called gratefulness. Lord, you know I'm struggling, but forgive me. Lord, help me to, to stay on track. I'm practicing every day. God, you see my heart. You know that I'm practicing to live for you. I'm not playing. I'm not pretending. As my, my brother Roy would say, we're, we're practicing Christians, not pretending to be Christians. Stop, stop pretending and start practicing daily. Living for God. And God sees that and will be known. God said, I was with you every step of the way. Thanks for trusting me. I told you, if you trust me, I would get you through. That's what God is speaking to someone right now. Don't pretend. Practice. Nobody has it all together. We wouldn't need Jesus Christ if we had it all together. God says, I see your struggle. Stick with me. Keep trusting me. I'm taking you somewhere. I know it seems like you're not going anywhere right now. I know it seems like you're stuck and you're going backwards, but keep trusting me. I'm taking you somewhere and I'm going to take you right. When you trust God, God is saying, I'll take you right where I want you to be. But you got to be mature and stop taking stuff personal. Trust God. And stop taking it personal. Look what God says. Let's go to Matthew 25 and 31. God's calling us to a whole nother level of maturity. Matthew 25 and 31. Remember, we, we, we go back to the foundation of the message. We're talking about the good shepherd. We're talking about ministering to the lost. We're looking at Jonah and Jonah's trying to run from his assignment. Family, it's not arrogance. It's an assignment that we work for Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's an assignment and through our struggles and our ups and downs we keep working for God and we don't take it personal and God's saying get mature stop thinking like a child it's time to grow up it's time to mature and put away childish things if ever before in the history of mankind that the body of Christ needs to put away childish things and mature it's today it's right now it's what God is calling us to and then Jesus makes it even more plain. Matthew 25 and 31 says, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he'll then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. So we know Jesus Christ is the king of kings. Make a note of that. Verse 32 and before him shall be gathered all nations. Whoa, pause right there. Underline all nations. So here's Jesus Christ. He's coming for all nations. <laughs> you know, in, in, on our jobs, most of you and I, we're going through this diversity and, and equity and inclusion, right? It's biblical. Jesus Christ has always dealt with all nations. <laughs> he doesn't discriminate. We do. We always try and find a reason to, to treat somebody different or to talk about somebody or to put somebody down, or to try and raise ourselves in that satanic pride above other people. Jesus said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm talking to all nations. And Jesus said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He doesn't even discriminate with salvation. 
He said, whosoever, exclusive club open to everybody. Isn't that something? But, but God doesn't discriminate. We discriminate against people and then we discriminate against God. But we have the problem and the problem is not with people, it's with God. Here's Jesus saying, I'm going to, uh, and, and, and before him shall gather all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divided his sheep from the goats. Verse 33, and he shall set the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left hand. <laughs> so here, here's God judging mankind. He's comparing us to sheep and goats. Sheeps talk about a fold, a group of people. Uh, goats uh, represent symbolic of, of something that's wicked. So you got God's people on the right hand and you got those that rejected Christ. Well, let me say this. Those that received and embraced Christ on the right hand, those that rejected Christ on the left hand. Right. And he says he, he gets them from all nations. So think about it, because people always want to throw this at me. Well, pastor, what about that? That person that lives in some obscure island or some obscure nation and never heard about the gospel. The word is right here. Jesus said all nations will be represented. So that covers that right there. You need to worry about yourself and stop trying to worry as if you really care about the soul of some uh, person on some obscure country or some obscure island. Stop using that as, a, as an excuse. Jesus said in all nations, there's sheep and goats. There's receiving and rejecting. Covers it all. All nations, all means all. So it's all nations is going to be represented. God's going to separate the sheep from the goats. In America, he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. See, look, look at this family. This is so powerful because we try and put all these other labels on us. And all these other labels don't mean anything. At the end of the day, what truly matters, the bottom line is, are you a sheep or are you a goat? And God's going to make that determination. What makes me a sheep? What makes me a goat? Receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of my sins or rejecting Christ and saying, I'll figure it out for myself. That puts you in the goat category. That puts you in the sheep category. All the other things that we try and distinguish people with, all these made up labels, uh, and then people use pronouns, he, them, they, her. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a politician. I'm a I'm a pastor. It don't, those pronouns aren't going to mean anything. You know what's going to mean something? If you're a sheep or you're a goat. And then other people want to slap labels. Are you, are you rich or are you poor? Male, female, black, white, gay, straight, millionaire, billionaire, short or tall, Republican, Democrat, American, Canadian, Nigerian, West Indian. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we major in the minors. We slap labels on people that mean nothing. You know what means something? Are you a sheep? Are you a goat? And God's going to decide. That's why we don't have time to be getting mixed up in foolish, childish stuff. Not today, not now. We don't have time for that. We got to spread the good news of the gospel and let people know you got a choice to be a sheep or a goat. Receive or reject. Look at verse 34. Then the king, underline the king. Oh, whoa. <laughs> then the king shall say, 
unto them on his right hand. Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God has always had a kingdom prepared. Why are you settling for a nation? Why are you settling for a, a, a hood, a block, a city, a state, a, a country to represent you when God is trying to give us a kingdom that he's already prepared for us? Oh my gosh, the deception is so strong that I, I get so deceived that I'm gonna settle for a hood when God is offering me a kingdom. I'm gonna settle for a country. I'm gonna put all my energy into my country and my nation, and my color, as if my pigmentation determines my eternal destination. It doesn't. God is offering us a kingdom, and we're wasting time being childish. And, and I'm talking to the body of Christ. The world is going to do what the world is going to do. Body of Christ, will you get out? Will you get the message out that God is offering us a kingdom, that he's already prepared before the foundation of the world? For those that would receive him. That's the best news that you could ever tell someone. Because this heaven and earth is going to pass away, but God's word will never pass away. He talks about it in Revelation 21. He said there's a new heaven and a new earth. It's new. Never, ever was. You're not going to outlive the Bible. You're not smarter than the Bible. We know people who are arrogant and want to discount it. But we know that they will see God face to face. And then we know there is a time where they're going to stand before the king. And I told you to underline king because we got to understand who is the king, right? They, they said they're going to, the king is going to separate them. Family, who, if that's important to know. Who is the king? Jesus Christ is the king of kings. There's a lot of little kings, and that's okay. Give honor to where honor, honor is due. But give God what's due to God. Jesus Christ, that's why he's the king of kings. And see, that's why this this whole deception that the enemy has out there, that people think they can serve God. But I don't do that Jesus stuff. Well, I'm not in the Jesus. I, I just have a relationship with I'm cool with God, but I, 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 I'm, I don't do that Jesus stuff. That's being biblically ignorant. They don't understand the scriptures or the power of God. The king of kings, Jesus Christ, is the one doing the judging. So how can you be cool with God if you don't? understand who Jesus Christ is. Jesus told us in his word, in the book of John, if you've seen me, you've seen God. If you've seen God, you've seen me. Me and my father, we're one. He says in John 8, 58, before Abraham was, I am. He made it clear that he was God in the flesh. And he told him, if you destroy this temple in three days, I'll resurrect it. And he did. And he spent 40 days after the resurrection telling the, the, the disciples and the apostles, go and tell everything about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and this kingdom that I have prepared before the beginning and the foundation of the world. So you, you can't think that you can have a relationship with God and dismiss and discount Jesus. He's the one doing the judging. He told us in Matthew 28 and 16, I believe, he said, all power and authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. That's why he's going to judge. He's earned the right to judge. He got beat for us. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was chastised for us. He got disrespected and abused for us. He's earned the right to judge us. And we're not going to be able to tell him he doesn't know what it's like to be rejected and beat and looked upon and talked about. 
We're not going to be able to tell him he's earned the right. Let me keep going. Verse 34, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Look what he says. Now we're talking about maturity. Now we're talking about servanthood. Now we're talking about giving and loving and being kind. Verse 35, when I was hungered, you gave me meat. And when I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, Lord, when? I don't know. Remember seeing all this when you were hungry and you were thirsty and you needed some drink? I don't remember seeing you as a stranger or naked or clothed. Verse 39, when did I see you sick and when did I come and visit you in prison? We don't even know. Either one knows the sheep are the goats. Here's the difference. One is attached to Christ and one is not. We don't even realize that when we minister to people. See, here's the difference. The sheep minister to people for the glory of God and they just do it because they're connected to God. The goats do it. The see, they both do it, but one does it with the hidden agenda and with ulterior motive. And it's about them, their self-promotion and their glory, as opposed to being a sheep that's doing everything for the glory of God. They don't even know. The beautiful thing is that God sees it. Family, we don't have to impress people. Stop being immature trying to impress. Stop being childish trying to impress. You don't have to impress people. God sees everything. Just like he said, he's going to separate the sheep and the goat. You don't know the difference. All you got to do is receive Christ, make sure you're a sheep. And then when we work for God, it's for the glory of God. What I'm not saying is that our works get us into heaven, because that's not what I'm saying. Don't make that mistake. Once we are saved, once we are born again, then we work for God. Not to get saved. We'll never get there. Isaiah declares, Isaiah 64 and 7, our works are like filthy rags. So don't even think that your filthy rag is going to get you into heaven. You can't. You can't get clean in dirty bath water. The prototype Adam was defective. That's not going to happen. You're not going to get clean in dirty bath water. We get cleaned up through Christ and become a sheep. Or we stay in our sins and our pride and our arrogance and we remain a goat. And God's watching and that's a beautiful thing. And, and, and see, it's just like in uh, Matthew, I wrote it down, Matthew uh, 13. Don't turn there, stay where we are. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. Jesus Christ gives the, um, uh, the parable of the wheat and the tare, how they grow up together. You don't know. It's not your job to judge who's a sheep and who's a goat. It's your job to go and do it to the least of these. As Jesus Christ is saying, let me finish this up. Verse 40, and the king shall, shall answer and say unto them, I, I guarantee you, when you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've also done it unto me. See, we go out and mature and be, and, and be servants when we do it to the least of these. That's why we're, we have to discern maturely. We have to speak maturely. We have to think maturely. So, and that's why we have to spend time with God so we can hear God as he's speaking to us, telling God, who do I minister to? What's real? What's make-believe? That's called the spirit of discernment. We need that. We got to discern maturely. Verse 41, then shall he say unto them on the right hand, on the left hand, um, and left meaning a place of, this, they call it a place, right means a honor and authority. Left means uh, you leave it to chance and to luck. 
Uh, it also means sinister on the left. So I don't want to be on the I want to be on the right. Verse 41, then so you say unto them on his left hand, depart from me, you curse into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. There's a place prepared for God's people, and there's a place prepared for the devil and his angels. God never prepared hell for us. It's for the devil and his angels. But then when we reject Christ, there's no place else to go after we transition. And that's your choice. You don't want, see, see look at this. People say, why would God, it, it's about us making a choice. God's given us free will. That's the beauty of free will, that we have a choice. And then you reject Christ. Let's say you live seven. Let's let's get real for a minute. We're going to wrap this up. We're let's get real. You live 70, 80 years. You reject Christ. You don't want to have anything to do with God. And then you want to die and be with God forever. See, it doesn't make sense. You, you got to. God's not sending anybody. We choose God. I don't want you in life and I definitely don't want to spend eternity with you. Then you make your choice. For those of us, on the other hand, God, we want you in life and we definitely don't want to spend eternity with Satan. And we make our choice to receive Christ. People make their choice. They kill me with that. You have you want to have nothing to do with God for 70, 80, how many ever years you live. And then you want to die and go be with him, not even knowing anything. The word praise. It means to marry God. When we praise God, we, it's like we're saying, Lord, I love you and I want to marry you. I'm so connected. God, I want to be with you. You don't want to spend eternity with someone you're not married to or connected to. We're the, we're the bridegroom. We're the bride of Christ. Jesus is the bridegroom. He's coming to marry us, to spend eternity with those who reject him, you don't, you don't want to be there. You don't even like him now. Why would you want to spend eternity with God? So God doesn't send us to hell. Our choices do. We have free will. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. You don't need to be crying then. You didn't want God. Now you don't want to spend it. Why you want to spend with eternity with God? And you didn't even want to spend one day worshiping him. You don't know God like that. That's why it says you're going to be known you're going to know and you're going to be known. You don't want to spend one day with God. Now you want to, God, it doesn't make sense. And remember, it wasn't prepared for us. Let's close it out like this so people will know for sure. Let's go to, uh, this is the last scripture, I promise you. Let's go to Joshua 24 and 15. Then we'll pick it up next week. God's calling us to a mature place. Joshua 24, 15. See, the word is plain. It says, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose. Underline choose. <laughs> See, God's not going to force you to serve him. God's not going to force you to spend eternity with him. If you don't want to spend your time with God in eternity, then don't. Live with that decision, die with that decision, and spend eternity with that decision. Thank God for free will and a choice. Look what Joshua says. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. And that word serves means to be a servant, an indentured servant like a slave. And you say, well, I don't we don't like that term. Well, it's the reality of it. And I tell you this, you and I are a slave to something. Before I got saved, I was a slave to all kind of stuff. <laughs> Whether you want to call it or not, well, I can stop anytime I want to. Why don't you stop? Well, I don't want to. 
you can lie to yourself as long as you want to. But you're serving something. And Joshua says, if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, to be wrapped up with the Lord, then you choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. Look at all these little lower, lowercase g's. Are the gods of the Am Americans in whose land you dwell? I'm sorry. Are the gods of the Amorites in whom land you dwell? You always got a choice. They were in the land of the Amorites. We're in the land of Americans. <laughs> Whatever land you're in, you could choose to serve those gods. Joshua's making it plain. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God gives us a choice. Thank God for free will. Thank God for choice. Thank God for this word right here that makes it plain that we don't have to guess on how to live. It's all written and God's calling us to a place of maturity. So excited about God's word. And we'll pick up the rest next week. If you would go ahead and bow your heads. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. Oh, Lord. Oh, you're calling us to a place of maturity, not to get caught up in the childish, childish games and culture and custom of this world. You're causing us, you're calling us to rise up, to get up and go and mature and to infect a lost and dying and dead, decaying world. That's what you're calling us to do right now. God, you told us, speak mature, discern maturely, think maturely. Go out and serve the least of these. Serve, serve, serve with a godly heart, with godly intentions, with no hidden agenda. To the glory of God, go out and serve others. Start in your home, then take it outside. If it's not real in your home, Lord, help us to realize if it's not real in our home, it's not going to be real outside of the home. Let us practice, Lord, in the name of Jesus, serving at home. And then it's easy to serve outside of the home. Thank you, Lord, for the challenge to mature. And stop running like Jonah. Stop blaming people like Jonah. Stop pointing fingers like Jonah. Stop making excuses like Jonah. Don't let us, don't let us get comfortable in that dark, distant place, Lord. Let us repent like Jonah and run back to you. We love you, Lord. We bless you. <laughs> we need you. Thank you for the challenge this morning to live for you, to serve you. to commit and rededicate to you, to be mature Christians for such a time as this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Family, um, maybe, maybe someone's here, some, someone invited you through Facebook uh, or Zoom, you just happened to get on the call and uh, you were invited. You say, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's what separates the sheep from the goat. Make a note in Romans 10 and 13 says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be rescued. 
And it's as simple as that. That's the way we all had to do it. I, I share my, my story all the time. I'm not going to go into it, but I was 17, 17 years old, up in the mountains at a summer camp. Someone presented the gospel and I didn't want to be put on front street. But that night when I went to bed, I asked Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart and take over my life. Because <clears throat> even at 17, I knew I was headed in the wrong direction doing nothing. I knew that I needed help. I was 17. My life has never been the same. And it was just as simple as this. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life and make me the person that you created me to be. Lord Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for resurrecting on that third day. I now receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. And I thank you for the new life I have in Christ. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, if you've just accepted Jesus Christ for the first time, or if you're rededicating your life, it's the same thing. You confess your sins. First uh, John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God sees our struggles. We're all struggling. I'm not practicing any sin, but I'm struggling every day to live for God and practice living for God. But I'm not in the sin talking about, well, this is just who I am. This is just how I get down. God knows my heart. See, that's, that's not true repentance. True repentance is like, Lord, you know I'm struggling. <clears throat> I'm not practicing any sin. I'm confessing and forsaking it. And in, and in the midst of my success and failures and ups and downs, God, I need you. And I want to be more like you and I want to draw closer to you. That's rededication right there. That needs to be prayed every day, to be honest. Because <laughs> so much happens in a day. Thoughts, actions, words spoken and words unspoken. So much happens every day. That's rededication. And, and it's just that attitude of dependence on God that allows us to be new, new every day, new creatures, new creation in Christ, new mercies greeting us each and every day. And if you have a prayer need, please email us life at southbayaoc.com, life at southbayaoc.com. Prayer need, prayer request, praise report. Uh, give us the privilege and the honor of praying for you. And then again, Bible study, please join us this Wednesday um, 1 Kings chapter 16, 6.30 to 7.30. It's on, the, it's on the website. All you have to do is go to the website, southbayalc.com, push Wednesday night service, boom, you come right into the Zoom. We'll be there waiting for you, and it's been very powerful. You won't be disappointed, guaranteed. And then again, thank you so much for your giving. You all have been generous, just a blessing. And so we're just going to keep getting the message out. As long as God gives us the resources to stand here on Sundays and Wednesdays and our other prayer meetings on Tuesday, the men on Saturday, as long as God gives us the resources to do it, we're just going to keep building lives for the kingdom of God. That's what we're going to do. And we thank you for your giving. It allows us just to keep going strong. We're not going to compromise God's word. I'm not trying to be politically correct these days. I got to be biblically correct. The word tells us that those of us who are ministers of the gospels are our pastors. We're judged harder than just regular people. I can't play with you all. The world's not playing with you. I'm not going to play with you. I'm going to give you the word. And that's my calling as a pastor. And I thank you so much again for the for the love that you always show my, my family and I. And then again for just the birthday 
greetings and cards and gifts and just everything. It's, it's, it's much appreciated. And family, all I can tell you this is God, as I was speaking and spending time with God, as I was walking, as I'm telling you to, God said, rest in me. You can trust me. And then God told me to enjoy the journey. Don't get caught up in all. Enjoy walking with God. Enjoy knowing that God has it covered. Let me say this, then we'll pray and we'll dismiss. So I was reading the word. I've been been meditating on Nehemiah, uh, Esther, uh, Ruth, um, Elijah, um, David, um, Solomon. And, and if God did it for them, and if we serve the same God, he's the God and he changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for them, then why are we stressed out and worrying? If it's the same God, won't he do it for us? They surrendered, they submitted, and God did it for them. Just as he said he would. Joshua, oh my gosh. What he did for Joshua and, and, the, and the people of God then. If it's the same God and it was based on submission and meditating on the word and staying connected to God, if he did it for them, won't he do it for us? And that's, I can't trust God for you. I can only trust God for myself and walk with God. We all have our relationship. The Bible says we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It's a, it's a personal thing. It's a personal thing. And you got to get to the point where you can love God and trust God and know that God is with you. All right. We'll save the rest for next week. We'll save it for Wednesday night. Please join us Wednesday. Please join us next Sunday. Let's go on and pray. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We need you. We thank you, Lord, that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. God bless you. South Bay Abundant Life Church. Have a blessed week. Spend that quiet time with God so you can discern what's really going on. So as it says in Ephesians chapter six, that you can don't you don't get caught up in the schemes and the tricks of the enemy. God bless you. Love you. And I'll see you next week.